Hello and welcome to the weekly MTG After Show. We have a heck of a show today because you just watched an amazing debut for The Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth, um, featuring some of our favorite characters and also some of our great friends who, who came to help us celebrate The Lord of the Rings. And I have two great friends of mine to help me celebrate as well. We have Mike Turian and Ovidio here to talk about uh, their role in the set. Uh, video was on the art direction, senior art director, and Mike is the product architect, which means he does a little bit of everything, a little <laughs> bit of everything in the set. Um, so we are going to preview a bunch of cards coming up. We're going to show you box toppers. We're going to show you a full scene, uh, and we're going to talk about building that scene. We're going to talk about selecting the cards that go into these scenes, uh, and then we're going to do one of my favorite scenes which is uh, the Isengard destroyed scene from uh, about kind of the end of the Two Towers-ish. Um, before we do that, we're going to show you this short little video that shows off one of the cards from that scene. Ooh, Vangorn, Tree Shepherd. I'm just going to keep saying how cool the artwork is over and over. I always love seeing the art, and now I get to see Lord of the Rings art on Magic Cards. They've clearly put a lot of love into this. So that, of course, was Fangorn Tree Shepherd. Let's put the two versions of Fangorn up on the screen here. So what you see on the left for Fangorn Tree Shepherd for four, three and a green, legendary creature, Tree Folk. Four ten, Tree Folk you control have Vigilance. Whenever one or more Tree Folk you control attack, add twice that much green mana, and you don't lose unspent green mana as steps and phases end. And then on the right, you're going to see the scene version there, but first let's talk about the, the tree folkness. Mike, you were saying before the show how this is a really great example of, of magic and Lord of the Rings working together and how this stuff just sort of fit. Yeah, so one of the things that, I mean, since the beginning, since I started working on the set years ago, like you just saw this natural connection between what the Lord of the Rings had to offer and what Magic the Gathering is and, and you know, and, and how that expression is. And so it's always just been so exciting to say, hey, how do we take the ultimate fantasy novel, mm -hmm. right, and, and marry it to the ultimate fantasy game? And to me, uh, this is just another another great connection, right? We have we have tree folk, which have just been ever present in magic, right? And you know, uh, you know, for uh, iron root tree folk since from the very beginning, since the very yeah. beginning right? Yeah. And you can see like. Hey, you know, even in those early days, how magic was just so inspired by the Lord of the Rings, right? And now we get to not only be inspired by the Lord of the Rings, but actually bringing the Lord of the Rings characters, cards, tree folk mm -hmm. into magic, right? And, uh, you know, 10 toughness now, right? I think Iron Root Tree Folk <laughs> only had five toughness, so tree folk have really uh, come a long way uh, since the beginning. And, and, such a such a fun card, and I think one that green mages will really, you know, want to build tree folk deck around or add to their existing decks, of course. Yeah. Right. I mean, every time I look at it, I I see Dora in the siege tower smiling. Uh, so uh, a, a pretty fun card. Now we're going to talk about the full scene in a bit. We're going to go through all the cards in the scene, and then we'll talk about the full scene and video will walk us through that. But uh, a video, there must have been, you know, we've got these two very different versions here, both gorgeous. There must have been a monumental amount of art in this set and all depicting, yeah. you know, characters that people have come to know and love, like Fangorn. It's, I think it's the most ambitious set we've done art-wise. So there's mm -hmm. so many art pieces. And uh, we got the chance to design this character from the concept art. Jesper Ising designed him. Mm -hmm. And so when, when, the, when the main set version came along, I was like, okay, let's get Jesper on it. And I love the approach. You know, like, he's dressed, he has a cloak, he has a little uh, cape. You know, like, I, I love the design. Um, very, like, storybookish, you know, mm -hmm. very artistically sound. It's... We have no budget. We can do anything we want. We can make it look however we want. So it's super exciting to, to see this takes place. And I'm, I'm excited for people to see the scene, too. Yeah. Like, Well, let's keep moving along. Uh, so now, for those who know what happens when, when Isengard's destroyed, uh, it's the Ents march on Isengard. And of course, they are marching on our next character, Sauron of many colors. So we have three versions here. So real quick, Sauron of many colors is 
three white, a blue, and a black. Has ward, discard, and enchantment, instant, or sorcery card. That's a unique ward cost there. And then, whenever you cast your second spell each turn, each opponent mills two cards. When one or more cards are milled this way, exile target, enchantment, instant, or sorcery card with equal or lesser mana value to that second spell from an opponent's graveyard. Copy the exiled card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. So, it, Mike, talk to me here about the challenges of, of bringing someone like Sorm onto life through a card like this. Uh, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, for one, that's a that's a powerful wizard right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, in terms of the challenges, you know, one one of the things we always were looking to do is is connect the resonance of the character uh, within Magic, right? And so, you know, I, I think Thormon of Many Colors, the first thing you see is it, it's a gold card, mm -hmm. right? I mean, of, of course, the name says, of course, we're going to do a gold card. Thormon of three colors. <laughs> so, <laughs> of yeah, Thormon of exactly three colors. No, uh, but I, I think one of the things that uh, it, it points to is, you know, Magic is, is a game of, of five colors, right? And one of the things we do in Magic is we really work to give each one of those colors um, a lot of different depth, a lot of different gameplay, a lot of different ways to reflect, right? We don't want white to be about good and, and black to be about evil in Magic. However, The Lord of the Rings really is a story about good versus evil. Mm -hmm. And so by adding colors to Sauron, right, uh, it, it, it really reflects how you know, his character evolves and how it develops. And then, of course, you know, in, in the gameplay, uh, in, in the card itself, you see, I mean, he just really is a, you know, an incredibly powerful wizard, and he, you're, you're copying spells and just... And so it, it's like you're seeing this character in the book come to life um, through the gameplay. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm sure so many people are going to build commander decks around... Stormon because I mean that ward that ward protection is mm -hmm. just you know really uh, reflects how how tough Sormon is in the book right the whole I mean he gets marched on by these ends yeah. that we're uh, seeing and and that's not enough to defeat him right and then he, he escapes and uh, although we will talk about we his will end, talk about his end we'll talk about his end upcoming yeah. but I mean it, it's uh, right. He's, no, he's not indestructible. No, he's not. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I think, you know, kudos to the design team to really just, um, for every single character, they they took a look at how this character was reflected in the Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. and how we could just bring that connection to magic. And there were several iterations of Saruman, yep. I remember. Like, during the design process, there were several Saruman cards that we didn't use and, that we, like, several mechanical options that we didn't explore yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know... The, we showed off um, the ring temps to you earlier, uh, and you know the we were taking a look at the one ring just a moment ago, and, and for each one of these, right, just those iterations of hey, yep. how do you get this to to play exactly right, to feel right, to be a card that you want to play in Magic, right, and a card that captures the true essence of the Lord of the Rings, yep. and it really is, I mean, just you know, a credit to the design team about all that iteration and time. Um, spent getting each one of these characters right. Because it's not, I mean, typically in Magic, we're creating a new character from scratch, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, here it is. You know, we're we're coming to a new world. It's a new place. We, we make it all up. Yeah. But here, we're not making it all up. Like, Tolkien made it all up, and we are uh, inspired in, in paying tribute to yeah, that. Yeah, sometimes a designer can say, well, you know what, I need flying here. And I'm like, okay, well, now it has wings. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but we couldn't do that here. We had to think about the lore first. Yeah. 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 Right. Speaking of the lore, so, you know, we've talked about this, the ring frame in, the, in, in previous shows. And can you talk a video a bit about how you approach both specifically the art uh, for Sauron's ring moment, if you will, um, and then also generally what those are? So, uh, Saruman is an interesting character. He's, I think he's pragmatic, mm -hmm. um, but ultimately tricked, right? So he's, um, the way I like to think of the ring cards, the mm -hmm. ring treatment is, how they are seen by the ring, mm. how they can be tempted by the ring, how they how the ring can get to them, yeah, right, and how they can be like manipulated. Uh, I love these like silhouetted, shadowy treatments. Mm -hmm. On the other side, the Alexander Mokov piece. Alexander 
really came into his own on this, mm -hmm. for real. Uh, he became a superstar for Magic in these, like in, in this set. Like I saw him evolve. Uh, something that we were discussing about the many colors when we were toplining this card, uh, we talked, how are we going to do the many colors? And I remember saying, well, you, you have to break, I, I use technical terms, oh, you have to break chroma in different ways, but in a lighter hue. And they were like, what do you mean? Okay, so, <laughs> so it, it just means he has a sheen to him. Mm. Like he's, he's wearing a rainbow, but it, it's just like iridescence, yeah. right? And, and I love that effect that Alexander put on the character. All right. Oh, you, you really, in the, uh, when you're talking about the showcase ring treatment, right? Like, I, I love how the frame really yeah. adds to that perspective you're talking about yeah. of, right, when you say, like, oh, it, it, it's almost as the, though the ring is, you know, looking at the character yes. and, and trying to say, oh, how am I going to, you know, corrupt Saruman? And what, what do they uh, crave most? Yeah, the yeah. The characters, yeah. Um, so, also playing a role in the destruction of Isengard, of course, Pippin and Mary were there, so we get a bit of them in the scene as well. So we've got the next card, Pippin's Bravery, and you see the two depictions there, the main on the left and the scene on the right. Single green mana, instant, you may sacrifice a food. A lot of the hobbits have food-related mechanics. Uh, if you do, target creature gets plus four, plus four until end of turn. Otherwise, that creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Uh, Tyrion, how uh, how early was food in the in the file for uh, hobbits? I, I remember. Uh, so once again, I've, I've worked on the set for uh, a many, very long, time. a very long time. So when uh, the, the the look back questions always become uh, a, a little bit challenging, but uh, food was there basically from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, I, you know, I mean, you, second breakfast yep. and, and those type of concepts are just so baked into the hobbits. Baked and, and, into nice. Yeah, oh, oh, thank yeah. you, thank you. <laughs> uh, it, it, and so it, it just, from from the, uh, basically as long as I can remember the, uh, the hobbits and that theme really played into food and and how to utilize it. In, in here, I think it's showing it, it's using food in a different way, right? Like, oh, they're sacrificing it as a cost, mm -hmm. right? So it's not just about the the life gain aspects yeah. um, of, of food as well. And, and, it's, and it's great to see, you know, Pippin's bravery in a couple of different expressions here. Like one of the great things about doing multiple treatments of the card uh, is it gets to show these characters, right? Because, you know, I mean, Pippin is, I'll say, ever-present in the, mm -hmm. the novel, right? And so it's like it gets to show them at multiple moments, and and I think that's just one of the, the really awesome things about getting to do so, uh, so many variants. And then, of course, there's the P a Pippin card, and, you know, which is once again has variants, and so you yeah. just get to see the character again and again and, and evolve throughout the story. Um, and, of course, Pippin spent much of his time uh, in this scene and when the Ents were deciding to go to war, hanging out with our next card, Quickbeam, Upstart Ent. Uh, I love the flavor text on that main one there. It's only a nickname, of course. They have called me that since uh, ever since I said yes to an elder Ent before he had finished his question. Yeah, very untree folk like as Very we untree folk like, yes. Um, but speaking of tree folk, Tyrion, we so this is more uh, sort of tree folk matters in the set. Yeah, it, it is uh, some good tree folk matters, right? You, you get a, a, a six mana, five, six, and uh, when it or another tree folk enters the battlefield, two target creatures get plus two, plus two, and trample until end of turn. So I, I, you can see here, uh, you know, we also were very aware of building the set that would be a fun limited gameplay experience, mm -hmm. right? And, and this is a nice, you know, semi-finisher, semi, oh, if it doesn't finish them, it's put a, a ton of pressure on yep. um, your opponent. And, and really for six mana and limited, that's, that's what you're going to be uh, looking for, right? So... Uh, and one thing too that I think tree folk in general uh, need is some trample, right? Yeah. It's, you don't yeah. typically see too much trample uh, in the tree folk, and so uh, you know if, if you're building a, a constructed deck, then that's a nice way to to get that you know that ten toughness in Doran, and oh now it's twelve, <laughs> and all of a sudden your your opponent's hurting for sure. Yeah. Now, could you can you draft a tree folk deck in limited? Uh, I mean it's. It's a little challenging to do that. They're all pretty on the top end, mm -hmm. right? There's not that uh, 
It's not a main it, archetype. It's it's. A... Yeah, I mean, there. Right. There's. I mean, as as we're seeing, there's plenty of tree folk present. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to to say, oh, I'm going. You know, mono tree folk. Yeah. Mo <laughs> mono tree folk and. Uh, in succeeding with that. Although if you do, it's awesome, yeah. right? I mean, you can do all sorts of things in Magic. <laughs> um, all right, so now the, the next card I want to spend some time with the video talking about sort of a lot of the art we've seen have been um, pretty close to each other, characters in similar situations, or at least in and around the same scene. Um, so video, we did something interesting with the next card, Nasty yeah. End, where the art from the main set and the art from the scene card depict Two absolutely different parts. So, uh, Nasty End, real quick. One in a black as an instant, as an additional cost to cast the spell. Sacrifice a creature. Draw two cards if the sacrifice creature was legendary. Draw three cards instead. So, on the left there, what you see is actually a scene from the Scouring of the Shire where uh, Wormtongue slits Sauron's throat. And that is the end of Sauron. That is his nasty end, as it were. Um, on the right, we have a scene from uh, the destruction of Isengard. So, uh, video, how did you balance those? You know, pick that sort of duality there. Um, the books are a lot to cover, my friend. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, when when we started with the scenes, we gave uh, the scene artists because mm -hmm. you're going to take in this case nine cards. Yep. You gave them. We gave them more than the nine cards. To pick from. Okay. We gave them like, oh, 15 or 12 or something, so you can work it, see how you can fit in. So the artist had a lot of creative input here. Okay. Uh, it was very important to me that we included the scouring of the Shire. Mm -hmm. When Sharky was vanished, vanquished, this is, ex this is the end of the War of the Ring. Yeah. Right? So showing that that war came even to the hobbits and that even hobbits could be corrupted by war mm -hmm. is important. Uh, and I love the piece by Valera. And you'll get to see it makes sense with the whole scene, the nasty end that Dave did. Uh, it makes sense with the whole scene. Uh, it's a great piece as well. Mm -hmm. but, but yes, the books have a lot of ground to cover, and that's one of the things that we're like, can we put as much as we can? Mm -hmm. And that's part of why but there's a difference there. Yeah, I, I think one of the uh, you know awesome things is the artists for the scenes did you know we're looking you know we'll show it here we're we're going through the cards but at the end you, you see this three by three that was all done by a single artist yeah right yeah. and so you know talking about oh you know working with them on giving them extra selections and then also working yeah. with the game designer uh, Glenn Jones to say all right here what cards are appropriate yep. to be putting in the scene, right? We wanted a mix of uh, rarities uh, in the scene. You know, of course, it, uh, scenes being introduced, one of the challenges was, is, oh, like, how do you depict height in, mm -hmm. uh, in these, and especially by the th uh, a three-by-three three scene. And then we also see it in the Tyler Jacobson. Oh, perspective? Yeah, the perspective, yeah, right? It's, no. You have to force it. Or in the yeah. case of this one, I think... Uh, you'll see. I think there's uh, there's there's several ways to approach it. Each artist had their own way, but this is one of the more uh, one of mo the more unique scenes. Yeah, yeah. There there were there was so much to to figure out, and I'm just so proud of how they came out. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's uh, look to the skies in the scene in this next one. I believe I, I think that I'm remembering this art right. Correct. Uh, our next card. There we go. Yeah, flying. Haha, <laughs> I was right. Good. Uh, so we've got a bird horror. It's a, it's a 1 1 flyer for two and a black uh, when it enters the battlefield. Amass orcs, too. So we haven't talked about amass orcs yet, Turian. You want to talk about uh, the creation of that mechanic and how it fits into the set? Yeah, so amass was introduced with um, War of the Spark. Mm -hmm. And we, of course, wanted to go and say, hey, uh, to look for how do we, how do we capture the fact, the, the hordes of, of orcs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, when you're reading the books, it's easy for Tolkien to write, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of, you know, this yeah. this massive orc army, right? For, from a magic gameplay perspective, right? You, you don't want to be like, oh, um, this card makes twenty-two thousand orc one-one orc tokens. Like right. that's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe that's 
You, you, one might, day. you might want to do that. One you, day. You might want to do that. <laughs> um, certainly with the set being on Magic Arena, they didn't want us to, <laughs> uh, to do that. So, so it really became about, oh, how, how do you capture um, the fact that this orc army uh, is regrowing and is ever-present, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the, the themes you'll see a lot when um, Red and Black is a mass orcs. Uh, and so, uh, and it was awesome to be able to, to build a mechanic and really connect it back to something that Magic had already done. Uh, and you get to do that here because if you don't control an army, right, which is what uh, a mass uh, triggers off of, then you get to make a, an, a, a zero zero orc army, or in this case, you know, it becomes a two two. And then that'll uh, grow over time. And so that's how sort of mm-hmm. you get that, that creation of. Uh, you know, a, a massive work. And it captures the mood of the threat. Yeah. yeah right, yeah. right. The yeah. fact that it's ever present and yeah. it's regrowing and it's, you know, in a way endless. Um, and, and then uh, back to the scenes, definitely the connection to flying is one of the uh, great yeah. ways of, oh, we need, <laughs> what's going to be on the top of the uh, the scene? Uh, let's go, let's go find another bird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because you just, you just need some of those to uh, make the scenes really yeah. Work out well. well, and speaking of mood, I think we'll come back to this one because it is a, it's a common, but I think it does a lot of work in the larger piece in, in helping to set the mood. Yep. So yeah, let's we'll, we will definitely come back to that one when we look at the larger scene. Um, next, so you know, Mike, you mentioned a moment ago that you, uh, there's a mix of rarities in the scene, and and so next we're going to show off a mythic rare from this scene, the Storm of Soromon. This is, this is a big one. So enchantment for a blue and a blue, ward three. So this is the, the big, powerful blue enchantment. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, copy it. That's it, just copy it. Uh, except the copy isn't legendary. You may choose new targets for the copy. Note it doesn't say second. It, it's second spell, but you can copy permanence. It's just whatever the second thing you cast on any given turn, copy it. All right, so Mike, tell us about this card. Yeah, so uh, you can see here the the connection first to Saruman uh, himself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, both both cards have ward. It's an enchantment with ward, which is pretty novel mm-hmm. uh, in and of itself. And then Saruman was copying um, spells, and the Storm of Saruman does right. Both triggering yep. off of um, a very a very similar thing. So um, it, it really. And then once again, you know, and then the connection to magic. You know, talking about Storm, of course, Storm cares about casting multiple spells. It works a little bit differently, but uh, you, you, you see a little bit of uh, that nod in the name. And then in terms of uh, gameplay and, and powerful, right, just being able to uh, create copies, it's just, uh, it, it's, and the copy isn't legendary, right? It, it, lets, it opens up a lot of avenues. A lot of possibilities. Yeah, a lot of possibilities. And, and I think that's something that, once again, if you're, a, if you're truly a powerful wizard, right, that's like that possibility space is both like, it's so appealing and so um, appetizing. And, and I, I expect our players are going to do a lot of awesome, awesome things with Storm of Saruman for mm-hmm. sure. One thing I want to mention here is that uh, I want folks to pay attention to the tower of Orthanc. It's just, the design was amazing. I love the little spirals mm-hmm. and the tiny, like, windows it had. And Isengard, in general, was designed to look like a uh, meteor crater yeah. uh, by Jen Ravenna Tran during the concept push. And it's, I don't know, it's quite a unique take on Isengard. I really love it. And what I was going to say is that the... Uh, the copy aspect is like Saruman uses your weapons against you mm-hmm. at all times, right? Like every time you hear him talk, his voice, he's always like using whatever you care about against you in the books. Like it's kind of a good mood setter. Like the way he, the way he's like, oh, well, you said this. Now I'm going to throw this at you. Yeah. All right. Our next card is certainly a powerful limited card, feeding back into the Amass mechanic, Foray of Orcs. Again, we have two versions with the scene version on the right. Foray of Orcs costs three and a red for a sorcery, Amass Orcs 2. When you do, Foray of Orcs deals X damage to target creature and opponent controls, where X is the Amassed Army's power so there's a lot of you can you can deal more than two damage with this right oh yeah for sure right i mean if you you know if you already have a 
a army out and you grow it to 4-4, four, four, then uh, four Avorks will deal four damage, right? And so that's a nice um, that's a nice way to sort of boost the removal. Mm-hmm. So you know, in its base state, you're you're getting to deal two damage to a creature and getting a two-two, so likely a two-for-one. You know, mm-hmm. pl- pl- plenty good, plenty good gameplay. But yes, if if you've already made a an orc army, you get a little uh, extra boost out of it. And once again, it just sort of shows like, oh, these orcs, they're they're out there. They're going to be dealing. They're going to be dealing damage. They're going to be growing, right? Uh, and so I, I think four A orcs captures that all pretty well. This is another instance where you see it set the cards set in different mm-hmm. places, right? Because one is in Moria and the other one is in Isengard. Yeah. All right. Our last card in the scene, appropriately, is Last March of the Ents. Um, that art on the left gives me chills, but. Six, green, green, sorcery. This spell can't be countered. Draw cards equal to the greatest toughness among creatures you control. Then put any number of creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Yeah, that, that art on the left where they're preparing to march off to war, it, it, it gives me chills. I love this scene. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite part in the entire uh, Lord of the Rings, and this just captures it perfectly. John just killed it. Mm-hmm. Like John Tedrick got started with Lord of the Rings and designed the Balrog for us. Oh, so this, so this is his first set with His us. first set. And he, this made him a mainstay. Mm-hmm. In whenever we do new sets, mm-hmm. like next sets that we do, uh, like John Tedrick is invited because he's, he did just did such an amazing contribution with Lord of the Rings and future stuff that, that's coming down the line. Yeah. Very great artist. Yeah. And, and Mike, this, this doesn't say tree folk on it, but it seems to signal it pretty hard. Oh, well, of course, right? Anytime you're talking about greatest stuff, this, you're talking about tree folk. And, you know, I, I think it really just captures this, like, the feeling of, oh, these, like, massive tree folk have mm-hmm. decided to mobilize mm-hmm. against us, right? You know, and, uh, you know, after debating for, you know, a, a few days, they finally are like, yes, we will, we will mobilize, we will uh, <clears throat> uh, march forward. Uh, and it really just, you know, and I love that it starts with that spell can't be countered, right? Of just like, oh, they have, they've set their mind to uh, this march. And then, I mean, drawing cards and getting to, so hopefully, once again, you know, we just saw 10 toughness. Mm-hmm. We'll just say, you know, drawing 10 10 cards, and then getting to put any number of creatures onto your hand from the battlefield, right? I mean, that is, that's pretty incredible yeah. how how big of an army of tree folk or whatever creatures you happen to be uh, putting out for free. Well, and, right. and I love the story that this can tell, too, just through gameplay, because like you said, you, you could have Fangorn in play. You could have just Fangorn in play, and you cast this, and you draw 10 cards, and you put a bunch of tree folk into play, and suddenly the tree folk are all ready to march on Isengard. Yeah. And I, I think that's really cool. And we're going to show some more cards in a moment that, that re- all relate to this scene. And I just think it's really cool how you can kind of build these moments through the set. Yeah. Or you can play with them and, and change things up here and there. But you could have someone playing a Sauron deck, um, to, trying to defend Isengard, and then the other person playing an, an Ents deck, trying to and tear then, it down. And then Crater Hoof Behemoth visits the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, always a, a, a fun one to put into play for free, for sure. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so now we've shown all the cards from the scene, so let's show off first the scene with the cards. So when you, when you assemble the cards together, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah, and so you can get these in set draft and collector uh, boosters, mm-hmm. right? And this is the only three by three scene in uh, the Lord of the Rings: Tales of Middle Earth. So, um, you know, we saw the six by three, and there's a three by there's many three by two scenes, mm-hmm. but uh, and, and there's also two by two scenes, right? The Mount yep. Doom scene we saw. Yep. Uh, but this this is the the only three by three scene, and it just you know it really comes together like. You know, when a video is talking about, oh, the artist selections and just figuring out, hey, which cards to, to include, which perspectives yeah. to include. Um, so, it, I, I, yeah, you can, you can tell I'm just so stoked by how that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an and exciting I do, concept. And I want a video to talk about the scene. Let's, let's put the, the just, we'll take all the card stuff away. 
um, so that you can just talk about the art because this is the um, final piece that the artist turned in here. So let's get that up on. There we go. So incredible, incredible. It, like it's incredible. amazing. Um, talk about both creating this scene and, and scenes general, Ovidia. So the challenge with scenes was, how do you make it work so that the interesting stuff is in in the art box in each card, so that you want to leave space. You have to remember, you have to leave space for mm -hmm. the mechanics because you're going to put a frame on it. And then how to scale that up to 9 or 18 in the case of Pelennor Fields uh, and still have a good painting, mm -hmm. right? Because that's what you need in the end. Yeah. Uh, as an artist, that's what the artist needs. What Magic needs, we need some awesome cards with awesome art. But the artist needs a good painting too. Uh, when we were doing this, I remember Colin Boyer commissioned this. He mentioned Dave Raposa. I thought, this is a great choice. Colin's a good art director. Um, and Dave chose a more like poster approach, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's, it's very graphic. Uh, not everything is at the same scale, but he, he did the, the rows of cards. He blended them very elegantly by creating swooshes and putting elements that like blend into each other so that you don't see strictly the nine divisions of things that have to happen yeah. because of the cards. So it, it's a very clever way to disguise uh, to, to disguise the fact that you're actually doing this for for cards just yeah. very good artist the artists in, in general knocked this out of the park yeah yeah. Uh, yeah Mike Mike one of the questions I'm seeing in chat is are there art cards in the set uh, yeah there's art cards in the in the set booster um, there's 81 art cards right and, the, and those are uh, selected um, by the art the art team of like, yeah. hey, here, here are cards, you know, in art. I mean, I mean, really, they could have basically chosen the whole set, and uh, <laughs> I wish. Uh, right, I right. Wish we but we we, that, li yeah. we limited it to eighty-one. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so there there are art cards uh, that you'll you'll find in set boosters for sure. Uh, one one thing I wanted to note um, as people are getting the scenes right when you open up uh, a scene card, uh, it, I mean, of course, you can go back to all of the. The material on the website and say, oh, how do I put these together? But also, uh, just in terms of, for a little bit of ease, they're in collector number order. So um, as you're getting them to assemble them and to put them in a, a binder, right? I mean, that the scene fits perfectly in a three by three binder. Yeah. Um, you can just you can just order them by collector number and and put the scene together that way. Yeah. Too. So nice little add-on. Um, all right. Next, I wanted to highlight a, a, a number of cards that are sort of related to this scene, but not part of the scene, just to sort of illustrate everything that's going on in the set. So let's take a look at Treason of Isengard. It's, it's Isengard and Tree Folk Day. That's it's Isengard I, and Tree Folk Day. That's, yeah. And Build a Pony. We'll get to that in a moment. And Build a Pony. Build a Pony. We'll get to that in a moment. Well, he wanders by. It's like, okay. <laughs> Treason of Isengard. Two and a blue for a sorcery. Put up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard on top of your library. Pretty simple effect. And then amass orcs too. So this is a, a common. So this seems like a pretty bread and butter common in the set. It, yeah, it, it, it is a bread and butter common. Uh, you know, like to me, it's a way to get blue to do some amount of regrowing, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's not, not as typical to be a, a blue effect to be putting uh, things from your own graveyard on top of your library. But... Uh, th this is a way to, you know, reuse an instant or sorcery that you've played, um, and then you, get, of course, get to amass orcs too. And one of the fun things, you know, to, to talk about the, the infinite orcness is if uh, if you decide to, if you have two of these, right, you can just um, continually cast them, right, <laughs> uh, alternating to make, you know, if, if you had enough turns Grow to your make army, it, yeah, yeah, you, you can make an infinite sized. Uh, or orc army with two treasons. Shout out to Pavel too, because when I when we were commissioning this, uh, when we were commissioning this, I was thinking, how are you gonna make uh, a, an orc card look like a blue card? Like we always think about that palette thing, mm -hmm. and Pavel did such a great job with the atmosphere and the magic there. He did another couple. This is another artist who um, it's his first set, magic, but this was commissioned, I guess, like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We've been but working the, on it for a but while. But it really does, you know, it really captures orcs, but also yeah. gives it a little bit of blue card, yeah, and you that, know, blue feel. That that influence of Saruman, right? Like that 
yeah. power that he had to manipulate masses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it also shows, I mean, I mentioned before, red and black have a mass. There is a, a bit of a mass in uh, blue as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the, the next card kind of demonstrates one of, one of my favorite things about the set, which is that we also got to be playful in some places. And they're not jokes, but they're, they're lighthearted in the, in the spirit of, of the work. And so let's take a look at Long List of the Ents, which is a saga yes. for a single green mana with six chapters. Each chapter is the same. Uh, note a creature type that hasn't been noted for Long List of the Ents. When you cast your next creature spell of that type this turn, that creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. So, Mike, how much how much did you get to be playful like this? Uh, you know, the, it, it's with the novel as as diverse and as wonderful as The Lord of the Rings, there's definitely these just, you know, the moments of joy and mm -hmm. happiness. And, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, Tolkien does is, you know, there's, there's so many songs and poems um, throughout. And I really love how the sagas all get to go and sort of capture that and, and sort of bring that uh, into magic. So, you know, definitely with the sagas, the team had had a good time finding ways to, to bring it that uh, in. And you can see it here with Long List of the Ents. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure someone would have loved for those uh, to go beyond <laughs> six. Right, yeah. you know, maybe once again an infinite symbol of like, oh, just if it just can, just do this all the right? time. Right, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm sure people will play games now of like, oh, how many how many different magic creature types can you name? Right, just to see yeah. uh, <laughs> to, see, to see if you can keep going. But uh, yeah, it, it really it really does bring a lot of that joy uh, and beauty from the Lord of the Rings into magic mm -hmm. and the songs, which are very important to yeah. the lore. Yeah, right. That's how Arda was created. Yep. Yeah, right. The right the sagas and the songs just really uh, were, were such a, a great connection piece. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, very yeah. connected. I like you digging deep in the lore there. I appreciate that. Um, all right, we're gonna we're, we're just talking about the joy. Now we're gonna bring it down a little bit with Hugh the Entwood. So this is what caused the Ents to march off to war. Three red and a red for a sorcery. Sacrifice any number of lands. Reveal the top X cards of your library. X is the number of lands sacrificed this way. Choose any number of artifact and or land cards revealed this way. Put all non-land cards chosen this way onto the battlefield. Then put all land cards chosen this way onto the battlefield tapped. Then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So, the, of course, this is Sauron destroying the Entwood to fuel his, his plans. Um, talk a little bit about this card, Mike. Yeah, so, right. It, I mean, it's not just, you know, I mean, as, as persuasive as Mary and Pippin are, the Ents were definitely, you know, they, they saw a connection to the cause, right, mm -hmm. of, how, yeah. of, of how they would have been wronged. And, you know, it, so the card starts off with that, right, the sacrifice any number of lands. Um, and it's like that's what sort of, you know, fuels, uh, fuels the fire. Uh, and, and then, you know, you, you get quite a bonus when... Um, for, for sacrificing land, that's, that's, a, that's a hefty cost in magic, right? And so once again, um, you get a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of cards onto the battlefield um, in return. So mm -hmm. it, it's sort of sort of a big payoff moment, yeah, right? Of like, oh, how many lands are you willing to sacrifice for once again just um, a, a huge burst of of cards from your uh, of cards from your library. Uh, into play, so re really trying to capture that. I, I, I thought back to once again what we're talking about. I mean, not not a tree folk, but uh, wood elemental, right? And just the bonus, <laughs> the bonus that wood elemental gave you. Yep. Uh, yeah. For only could sack forest there, but uh, the bonus that wood elemental gave you versus Hugh the Entwood. Yeah. Th this is far more of a payoff uh, than uh, you got <laughs> you got back in the day of magic. <laughs> Um, and of course, Hewing Ent would lead directly into our next card, uh, which is Ent's Fury. And of course, Quick Beam's text at the bottom, I came and called the trees by their long names, but they did not hear or answer. They lay dead. Um, now this is just a, just, this is a fight spell, one in a green for a sorcery. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control if its power is four or greater. So again, it could be a tree folk. Uh, then that creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn and fights Target creature you don't control. 
Yeah, yeah, so I mean, first first off, I mean, you've been reading a, a number of pieces of the flavor text. Mm -hmm. A big shout out to the creative and editing teams for yeah. you know really just digging into the novels, and, yeah. and the novel, and, and finding, hey, here are the connections. This is this yeah. is the you know the right quote to matches the mechanic, uh, and, and so it really just shows how uh, the team tries to build everything from the Lord of the Rings and, and bring it to magic. And to yeah. Middle Earth Enterprises as well. They help oh, us a lot oh, with that. Yeah, yeah great, right. great partnership. Yeah, 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 totally awesome to work with. Um, in terms of the, the gameplay here, once again, I mean, much, uh, much, much like the 4A card we saw earlier, Ensfury, it's a, it's a limited gameplay style card, right? You, you get a little bit of a, a boost if it's, you know, targeting a, a tree folk or, uh, a, a, or sorry, if, uh, if the creature's power, power is for Could be so a tree folk, yep. It could be a tree folk, um, but then also you get to fight a creature and so, uh, you know, it's green removal, yeah. essentially, uh, with a little bit of a lasting bonus potentially. And the art, an ant wrestling a troll. <laughs> just, that's how it has to be. It's just beautiful. That's how it has to be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's, that's a real fight. That's a real... Uh... Yeah, I want to see that happen. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right, before we get to looking at the box toppers, I made a, a, a stray comment when we were first uh, revealing cards for Lord of the Rings about Build-A-Pony, and so I felt I had to follow up. And so uh, our next preview card, nothing to do with Ents or Isengard, but you know what? If you want Build-A-Pony at the destruction of Isengard, Bill the Pony can be there. Right. Yeah. Bill the Pony, white fits perfectly into uh, Sauron's colors. So uh, Bill the yeah. Pony could work for Sauron if, that, that's if right. you wanted. That, that, that's yeah. the fun of, right? I mean, we talk about the Lord of the Rings and being yep. good versus evil. Yeah. If, you, if you want, you bring Bill the Pony Bill the Pony, secretly evil. Not right. really, but okay. Bill the Pony, <laughs> not evil. Bill the Pony's lovely. Let's get Bill the Pony up on the screen. Three and a white for a legendary creature horse. Uh, for all those horse decks out there, and it's a 1-4 when Build-A-Pony enters the battlefield, create two food tokens, and then you can sacrifice a food until end of turn, target creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. It actually works really well yeah, with, the, a, a little, with the tree folk. A little, a little tree folk tie-in. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, and it's one of the things that makes Magic such a great game, as you can see here, hey, it's connecting to the sacrifice of food, right? Yep. And, and just how that's playing to Hobbit. If you're putting it in a white-green deck, you can really use it with uh, with tree folk and get, mm -hmm. a, get a good boost out of that. Um, and it's Build the Pony, It's right? Build the Pony. It's yeah. Totally lovable. Everybody. One thing I want to call out <laughs> is uh, pay attention to the pans that Bill has hanging off his like burden, they're gonna show up in se they show up in several cards, a little <laughs> Easter egg, you yeah. know. So it's just like a little cool element. We wanted to put some stuff for fans to find. Yep. Uh, it was really fun playing. Last week I was playing the the starter decks. Yeah. And you can you can give it a you can give the books an alternate ending if right. if you want with yep. a certain, certain deck. Yeah, that's the cool thing about it. That mm -hmm. it. it but you, it, it's immersive. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, this this is not how it went. This is not how it went, but it's how I'm it's going to hit right you with now. a five five right now. Right. Yeah. Right. But this is how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, how exactly. it went, but it's how it's going to go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The starter kits are a lot of fun to play. Yes. Very right? fun. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. So our next section, we are going to talk box toppers. So before we start looking at them, Mike, r remind people what are the box toppers? How can you get them? Yeah. So uh, the name of the box toppers are it's realms and relics, right? And that really hits on the fact that we took a look at iconic lands in Magic and iconic artifacts in Magic, and then went and matched them up with iconic, you know, places in the Lord of the Rings and, and items and artifacts in the Lord of the Rings. So mm -hmm. that, that was really, um, that's really the connection. In terms of where you can get them, um, you get them in traditional foil on, uh, whenever you buy a set booster display, a draft booster display, or a collector booster display. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a, a one card box topper uh, with one of the realms and relics in traditional foil. And then in addition, in the collector boosters, you can also get them in non-foil. Uh, and then in uh, very few collector boosters, but they are also in a, a surge foil uh, in the collector booster itself. So if you buy a collector booster display, you'll get the one card box topper. Mm -hmm. And then within the packs, you have uh, a chance of opening uh, non-foils and surge foils. So a lot, lot of great, great. ways to get them. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I also, and they're I, awesome cards. They are awesome cards. And I also love how deep they got to go on some of these because you know a lot of the main set 
is focused on the, the events of the novel, and, and there's some of these that are a little little deeper into the lore, which I really appreciate. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the great things, you know, Aaron Forsyth and the, the, uh, was the main person who, who went and, and picked out the cards and, mm -hmm. and made the matches, but just from very early on, like uh, Ben Hayes and Glenn Jones and the designers mm -hmm. were just, they wanted ways to show off more of the, the novel, right? And, you know, in, in terms of when you're doing designs, we're only gonna put so many artifacts yep. in the set. We're only gonna put so many um, expressions of lands. And so this just gave us a, a chance to show off even more more places and, and really just capture the breadth and depth of the Lord of the Rings. Yep. All right, let's get on with it. We have a bunch of these to show up. We're gonna, we're gonna show off about half of them today, and then next week's show, we're gonna show off the other half. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, the first one, we're gonna continue with our theme for the day, which is not Build a Pony, uh, but is <laughs> uh, Ents and Isengard. So here is Fangorn Forest, also known as Yavamaya, Cradle of Growth. So uh, this is a take on Yavamaya, turns everything into a forest, but Fangorn Forest. So uh, talk a little bit about how you chose these, how they were concepted. Yeah, well, in, in terms of the selection, right, it, it really is about saying, because they're existing magic designs, mm -hmm. right, it's kind of like a treasure hunt, scavenger hunt of saying, hey, what are, what are cards that players love, right, and yep. then they'll, they'll want to go, and they'll want to go add to their decks. Um, cards that you're going to look to when you're building a, uh, the Lord of the Rings deck, right? When you're taking the cards, hey, these are ways to enhance it. Um, and, and of course, matches with the story. And so Fangorn Forest, you know, I mean, we've been looking at, at Fangorn Forest all day in, in yeah. sort of that, uh, that iconic moment. And so, you know, Yavamaya Cradle of Growth, it just... It's perfect. I mean, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's really, truly a, a perfect match of all of everything, and I love that we got to bring in some additional uh, flavor text here for these cards specifically, uh, as space allowed. Mm -hmm. I, I think when we were um, when, do, when we were doing this, there were several conversations socially among coworkers, right? As fans, fan casting our favorite cards <laughs> within Lord of the Rings, right? Like talk about Soul Ring, talk about anything that uh, you can you could plausibly see it overlaid on Lord of the Rings from the very earliest conversation before we even thought we had like solidly we're gonna do this set we we're already fan casting some of our favorite cards into mm -hmm. into the set yeah yeah I mean you know really I mean yeah I, I think to like just in the early early vision design it was one of the yeah. things that said like oh hey what are our cards and magic that we could bring into the Lord of the Rings universe yes. just as is and, and that's what that's what realms and relics really represents. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go to our next realm. In this case, again, we're staying on theme. I think this is the last of the theme, but uh, we are going to actually see Isengard, Saruman's fortress. So this is a version of Boseju, who shelters all. Yeah, and, and so here you can see, um, you know, <clears throat> it's our way to say, look, th this is—it's a powerful, you know, Saruman's powerful fortress. He's a powerful wizard, right? Oh, um, how, what does that mean? How do you capture that in magic? Well, an uncounterable spell, of course, is something that, you know, a, a powerful wizard could uh, manifest and, and bring to life. And so connecting it with Baseju, uh, and once again, I mean, uh, an incredibly powerful magic card mm -hmm. uh, was was a natural, a natural connection. And I love, too, once again, I mean, you can see here with the variants, like, oh, this, this is another another view of Isengard, right, with a, yeah. a new perspective and brought mm -hmm. to life. Yeah. All right, our next one is a new version of Cloudstone Curio, here cast as Elisar the Elfstone. So if you don't know, Elisar the Elfstone was a gift from Galadriel to Aragorn when the Fellowship departed Rivendell. Um, there's more, more to this stone. It has kind of a long history, but that's the short version. Um, so yeah, I, I think you mentioned that you had something to say about the concept for this video. Yes, we. This is based on the um, original design for the Elven brooch that the whole fellowship mm -hmm. was given. Um, th there's a lot of we were we put this. You're gonna see this stone in several parts, mm -hmm. in several pieces of art. So just watch out. Another one of those things that you want fans to follow an object 
and a character. It's just there's so many named things in Lord of the yeah. Rings. So you want to follow the, the stone of LSR across card arts. And it, there's just so many opportunities to find things that you recognize from the books yeah. that you've seen before and some that you haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it just, I mean, it's an opportunity for sort of that, the, the deep cut, the deep connection of yeah. like, oh, you know, mentioning Galadriel, and I believe Ar Arwen has a connection mm -hmm. uh, as well. Yep. Uh, and, and so, uh, right, and then seeing that, once again, throughout the art, because, you know, as sort of a, a brooch, a pin, you can yeah. write, you can, oh, there it is, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the entire. It's very rich lore, yeah. very yeah. rich. So we wanted to do it on our, as best we could, put as much as we could, yeah. In the yeah. card set, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of very rich lore, uh, this is this is a look kind of back at the past a little bit. So uh, this is a new version of the Ozolith, here cast as Argonath, Pillar of the Kings. So this is a landmark on the edge of Gondor. Those two folks there, uh, that is actually Isildur and Anarion. So Isildur, of course, is the one who cut the One Ring from. Uh, Sauron's finger and kind of set all of this stuff in motion um, and these are their their pillars but of course cast as the Ozolith so um, you know this is this is obviously not a main feature of the Lord of the Rings how how deep do you, do you get deeper than this do you think Mike oh uh, I mean this yeah I mean as we were talking about there there are a lot of cards uh, in the set there's a lot of different expressions yeah. of the Lord of the Rings so um, we definitely did need to go pretty deep it, it, and I think that's awesome, right? Because yeah. it's like when when you're bringing a, you know a book to life, right? And just you know showing these creative representations of yep. the characters, and or in this case the realms and the relics. It's just like it, it it gives you a moment to pause and focus on, you know, like oh where was that in the book? Oh, I want to go and you know learn more about uh, each one of the these locations. And so I love that. It gives you an object to hold in your hand mm -hmm. and say, "Oh, I, I like, I want to learn more and, and yeah. see and see how how our fabulous artist did bring it to life." Yeah. Um, you know, in that way. This is not the first card from Ecoria that gets a uh, treatment like this, right? Like we did the Godzilla right. cards yeah, earlier. Card. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 right. a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, the right. We often call it the Godzilla treatment because yeah, yeah. Godz uh, the Godzilla cards we did yeah. sort of introduced this, uh, where you can see the the name yeah. of the magic card sort of in that title bar, but the focus, of course, is on the uh, in this case, the Lord of the Rings. I think that was the first time. I worked with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super proud of that. Yeah, great work. As, this as this looks this. amazing. I love this, like the yeah. Argonath. Yeah. All right, the next one. Now, this card seems like a shoe-in. Uh, Rings of Bright Earth uh, <laughs> in The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, and I love that it's cast as the three rings for the Elven Kings. Of course, we have the Soul Rings um, that are cast as the Elven Dwarf Human. Uh, but this is the three rings for the Elven Kings as... Uh, the rings of brighter and I just I love this concept here. Yeah, you're, uh, right. So some of the some of the connections as you go through the realms and relics, you're like, oh, okay, I see it. Yeah. Like, and others are like, oh, yep, yep, of course, right? Like this is it is just uh, a perfect representation of magic and the Lord of the Rings um, coming together. Uh, and, and once again, it's just hey. Yes, we have the rings of power shown off as the uh, individual uh, soul ring arts, mm -hmm. right? And so you can see, like, oh, here it is, the you know the the elven representation. But here you get to see all three of the elven rings uh, in in a, in a single illustration. So, really comes together well. Yeah. All right, this next one and a video of the art on this next one's amazing. So this is a new version of Shadow Sphere, Shadow Spear, but it's the Morgul knife. Uh, so this is uh, a weapon used by the Witch King to do, among other things, stab Frodo. So, uh, which I think that's what we're getting here is a close-up yes, of that. Yes, the shoulder, yeah. yeah. By, uh, great art by Campbell White. Like, Campbell White really shone, uh, really shined in the set. Mm -hmm. Like, he did so many great things. He designed the interior of Denethor's tower, Denethor himself. It, it just incredible work by him, mm -hmm. and the way the, the the way the wound starts going into the the chin. You see, you can see it in the jaw and everything. Yeah, it it just really says well, this is gonna 
this is gonna hurt for a few years, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was great. That, that's an right. old, old, old war injury. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and, and to me, it really just captures that you know the good versus evil. Yep. Uh, what the that the Lord of the Rings has to offer, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, like the, the Witch King and the Nazgul are out to get Frodo, yeah, mm -hmm. right? And, and of course, Frodo is not hexproof or indestructible, technically, yep. right? But, you know, I mean, through that journey, it's just like, oh, the journey is about, oh, can, can Frodo survive, right? Can he get the ring to Mount Doom? Uh, and so it's just one of those, those moments captured in, in close-up. Mm -hmm. And... He was stabbed on the Weathertop, which is our next card. There's that transition. Uh, which is uh, Deserted Temple, cast as the Weathertop. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, once again, uh, it's just how do you find these, these places in the Lord of the Rings to bring to life, right? Uh, and, and find a connection. And with the Weathertop, you know, being essentially not destroyed, but ruined, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. it, it just offered a good connection to sort of that uh, deserted temple. Yep. Um, and so, once again, a pretty nice pretty nice pairing of think what's this, going on in the story and uh, the mechanic. I think this was commissioned by Matt Cavada, right? Yeah. He, he, he had a great vision for this cycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, bringing all of the realms and relics to life and saying like, hey, how can we do that is, you know, it's pretty epic because because we look at them as a group, mm -hmm. right? Like we yeah. knew when we set out, hey, we're, we're going to be making 30 of these, right? They're going to be mythics. They're going to be, like, one of the first things you open, like, you, you when you get a box, like, here it is. Right, sitting yeah. right, it's a box topper. It's literally right on top. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're not sa saving that for gameplay. So, of course, you're going to open it up. And so, hey, it's really sort of a, the first... Uh, the first impression of every yeah. of every box that you get. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Matt, Matt does that justice so well. Yeah. Oh, he knows magic. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, that guy for knows sure. it. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have a new version of Bajuka Bogs cast as Barrow Downs. So the Barrow Downs were a series of treeless hill, hills east of the Shire, and this is where Tom Bombadil stepped in and rescued the hobbits from a white. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, a, a barrow is kind of a, a, a graveyard of, of sorts. Yep. Uh, and so, uh, Bijuka Bog and that connection to graveyards um, in, in terms of exiling graveyards. Like, well, I guess, I guess you travel there to exile their, their graveyard, perhaps, is the, mm -hmm. the tie-in. But, uh, yeah, and, and for me, you know, Future Sight was uh, the, the first site... Uh, the first set I was a game design lead of, mm. so it's a nice uh, sort of full circle for uh, moment for me personally. Yep, and that's another awesome scene that people haven't seen much before, right? Like the the, the whole thing, the whole deal with the Varro Whites that you whom you can see in the art, by the way, Caldermore does such a great job. Mm. Uh, it just adds more depth to like we have Bombadil, we have the Scouring, you, you see more of the book. Yeah, if you see yeah. the whole card set. All right. Uh, speaking of more of the book, a location that the Hobbits visit multiple times throughout the books, uh, the Green Dragon Inn, which is our version of Homeward Path. Um, I love this as well because it's, it's, it's part of their home, the Green Dragon Inn. And so each player gains control of all creatures they own. Yeah, well, and that's what you'd expect, right? You're at your home inn, as it were, yep. a, a gather, a, ga a gathering place, yep. right? Uh, you know, st starting a new journey. It's just like, yeah, you'll go to the Green Dragon Inn, and, and uh, you know, it's just another way of like, oh, br bringing the story, bringing the books to life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it's sort of, I mean, the Lord of the Rings itself. It's a journey. It's an adventure, right? And it, it becomes, of course, about. Yeah. Uh, a war and a battle, but it, it you know, it, it just captures that, this, those openings. This warmth, this friendship, this camaraderie, that's what they're fighting for. Right. right? Yeah. Like, they, right. they don't like war. War is a, war is a tragedy. Right. They're, they they want to get back. They, they're drawn into it, and they're, this is what they want to get back to. Yeah. Right? That, that niceness and that, that friendliness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have a new version of what was Manamo's school at Water's Edge, and which here is Dole Amroth. So Dole Amroth was a city in Gondor whose prince, Prince Amrahil, or Imrahil, 
uh, led a company of knights during the War of the Ring. So this is one of the cities of Gondor. Yeah, a, a beautiful illustration, and it really just captures the the scene and the the setting so well. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in terms of you know the, the gameplay connection here, it's a little bit like okay, there you know there's kings and the the prince and whatnot. So there you know there's powerful, important people um, present, uh, and, and so the card just tries to capture that. I wanted to call out that um, Dolom Roth was designed by Jose Vega. It was his first work when he came uh, to work with us as a concept artist. Mm. And if you notice, uh, the flag of Dolom Roth is a swan. He designed it with a bridge and a spindly top mm -hmm. at the end, at the top of a, of a rock, so that it's like an abstracted swan. Mm -hmm. So Dolom Roth, there's, I, I hope people see it at some point, but there's like an overhead shot of Dolom Roth where it actually looks like this one. Like, you get the shape more clearly. Oh, very cool. Yeah, they did a great job here. Yeah, so cool. All right. The final card that we are going to be showing today, and the last box stopper, I've actually seen a number of people guess this. Um, it's Balin's Tomb, also known as Ancient Tomb. So Balin's Tomb was in Moria, where he had set up his colony. And Gimli discovered his tomb when the Fellowship traveled through the mines of Moria. So, uh, Ancient Tomb, obviously a big one, Mike. Yeah, Ancient Tomb, I mean, incredibly powerful magic card. Getting, mm -hmm. getting, getting two mana uh, from a land is just, um, you know, above the, above the curve, <laughs> as it were. You know, and, and with all of these realms and relics there, you, you can see how um, they're, uh, they're, they're not being brought into modern with this introduction. Right. They are... Uh, as as reprints, they're legal in whatever formats um, you know. Ancient Tomb and the other yep. uh, cards were already in, uh, and and then in terms of uh, the Lord of the Rings connection, you know, we we got to focus on uh, the three books of the Lord of the Rings, yeah, right. where uh, Balin, you know, of course, is from the from the yep. Hobbit, right? But the the tomb being part of the Lord of the Rings itself, yep. Yep. It, it was a nice way to sort of. Bring some of that connection from uh, you know the journey uh, in the Hobbit into our set as well yeah. through uh, through a memorial. And it's like we moved the camera from that Gimli card. The Gimli card you like, where Gimli's oh, like swearing the, the, the on his show, axe. The show, yeah. yeah, the yeah. camera's on one side, then the camera's on the other, and now we see Balin's tomb. Yeah, yep. right, right. You get the full perspective of of uh, both. Of that when moment. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, that is all the cards we have to show today. Um, that was a lot of cards. It was a lot of cards. Yeah. It was a lot of cards. Yeah. It was a blast. So previews are starting now. They've started. It's happening. Super We're doing excited. this for the next uh, a little over a week and a half through the end of next week. There's going to be a Lord of the Rings previews. We'll be back next week. Um, before we go, Mike, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Um, you know, We'll have an article up. Um, with some information on this earlier, but we're also going to be doing a, a holiday release as well, correct? Yes, coming out, yeah, coming out uh, in November, mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're doing a holiday release, uh, and, and this is something brand new, uh, and so I, right, I have an article going up on Daily MTG, uh, probably right as the, the stream yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we wanted to show you off some of the packaging from, uh, from that release, mm -hmm. so you, we can take a look at that. Um, you, there's there's three basic products uh, that we're coming out with at the time. There's going to be a holiday version of the collector booster, so those yep. are collector booster special edition. Uh, you can see there uh, those those are in sort of the top left of the screen. Um, super cool, uh, super cool release. Um, there's going to be alternate uh, art treatments and some new art. You can see here uh, the packaging uh, highlights the brothers Hildebrandt. Art um, and so there's uh, more brothers Hildebrandt. You know, um, Tim and Greg Hildebrandt uh, are, you know, we're, we're good enough to partner with us, and um, they've done magic art uh, in the past as well. And yep. so it was just a, an awesome, an awesome connection to go revisit some of their their classic art from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, and, and there's so much more. We'll, we'll of course, of course, talk about that and all these products um, upcoming more, but just a little taste. And the art's at the bottom. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, and then, yeah, so along, along the bottom, uh, there are, those are called scene boxes. 
Uh, and you can see with each scene box, um, it has the name of the scene sort of right under the, the Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle Earth, right? So um, going across here, there's the Flight of the Nazgul, uh, there's Aragorn at Helm's Deep, um, there's the Might of Galadriel, and then uh, Gandalf in the Pelennor Fields, yeah. uh, you know, featuring uh, Gandalf and the Witch King. Um, and so th those are, I mean, as we've been showing off the scenes, we've talked about Isengard destroyed today. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we saw Mount Doom and Bilbo's birthday party um, during the, the video itself. The scenes are just so fabulous. Um, we created um, four uh, brand new scenes, uh, each one of those, uh, and it's just a, a super cool way. Um, there was a question about art cards earlier today. Um, you do get, uh, with those scene boxes, they come with art cards, so you're going to get cards and uh, the art cards as Very well. Cool. Yeah, so super awesome. And then, of course, uh, you know, we know that uh, the Lord of the Rings is just a great time to be reconnecting with friends who you know love the Lord of the Rings and you've maybe been trying to get them into magic. And Jumpstart's just such a great way to just get right going with magic. Yeah. Um, and so there's uh, another release of Jumpstart coming out to sort of refresh and give um, bring some new themes in, in and give it another opportunity for, for players who are new or upcoming to, to just to jump in and have a great time with the product. So, like I said, a lot more details to come with these, but just wanted to highlight those and let people know that those are uh, will be available in November. Oh, and also those scene boxes, while uh, the image itself doesn't do, they are, they are quite nice size. Mm -hmm. Like the, yeah. the packaging, the presence, um, it's really it's it's really awesome to just um, I've got to ho hold them in my hand and uh, they're the packaging itself is a display piece and then the the art uh, in in the art cards and the cards themselves so it's it's a really awesome package super excited by it as you can tell <laughs> uh, well it, it's a super excited set I know I've been waiting for this Lord of the Rings set for a very long time actually said like my excitement started the moment. Mike just kind of digitally slid me Tom Bombadil. Yeah, I was just uh, I was just talking about the set, and he's like, Tom Bombadil. I was like, okay, I'm in. Right, I'm in. That was right. it. One card, I was in. Um, so I hope you felt the same way about at least uh, one or, or ten cards that we showed off today. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth previews are ongoing through next week. Uh, if you want details on anything, I recommend you head to dailymtg.com where there's a bunch of articles showing off a bunch of stuff and explaining a bunch of stuff in detail, including some by Mike himself. So thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week.